episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another bonus episode. Yeah, you guys are getting your second bonus episode in a row. Um, We are taking just a slight break from season five. Just to girl, let them know the truth. We don't want it. We don't want it to end. Okay, like yeah, we are stretching it out. Yes, yeah, stretching it out. Okay, because I don't think I'm ready for it. You guys already seen it two, three, four, five times. I have not, and I'm not ready to let go of my babies just yet. Okay? Yeah, and I have been doing everything I can to delay it. So yeah, that's <laughs> what you're getting. And then also, this is a chance for us to just check in with you guys as the hosts and. Have a little fun and then share some news at the end. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned all the way to the end because trust me, you guys do not want to miss out on this announcement that we have coming up. Trust me, some good juicy tea is there for you guys to <laughs> sip. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to start out with more headcanon questions because those are pretty fun and I like doing things that make us think outside of the box. Absolutely. A little bit. Yeah. So let's start with Melanie and Lindsay. How do you think they met or like what was going on in life? Do you feel like when they met? Oh, well, I think, you know, Lindsay was... Com- okay, so I'll go first. Yeah, duh. You asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Lindsay was... They were coming out of college. They were coming out of college, and she was still a little confused. You know, like, she had that little one rendezvous with Brian, and she couldn't get it out of her mind. But in the back of her thought, in the back of her mind, she always knew that she wanted a woman. But so she was a little confused. So, I mean, like, she was just living her... Like, going through the motions. She didn't really know where she was at in life yet. Somehow she ended up on Liberty Avenue and she was just walking down the street looking for art galleries and things of that nature. And um, she happened to look into the diner and she saw Melanie at the counter ordering one of um, the lemon bars from Debbie or whatever the case. Right. So she was like, oh, she's cute. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to stand next to the counter and get me a lemon bar. Although she's allergic to lemon bars. Oh, okay? plot so, twist. Yeah. <laughs> She's allergic to lemon bars, but she was like, I'm going to go get me one so I can stand next to this lady. You know, this beautiful, beautiful, fine thing next to me. And she walked in and then she, oh, excuse me, bumped into her. Oh, what are you enjoying? Oh, lemon bar. Can I have one of those too? And it just started from there. That, that, that's what, that's what I yeah, think. Yeah. Okay, that's that's okay. what I think. Yeah. So I feel like I got to think about where, where I think they met, but I feel like what was going on in life. I feel like Melanie was probably coming out of her like rebellious biker chick days, mm-hmm. you know, but still had a little bit of that stench on her. Yeah. And so when Lindsay did meet her, she liked that because she yeah. likes that kind of rebel and at rugged, heart thing. Tough, yeah. yeah. But I think also Melanie had decided at that point, she probably had her job, had her career and was going to start climbing that ladder. And so wanted to start living like a quote unquote adult or whatever. Right. And so wanted to have a, a real relationship at that point, because we know that's kind of what happened with her and Lita. Melanie was wanting to go more domestic and Lita was like, nah. Yeah, like, nah, I'm not here for that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's kind of what was going on with Melanie. And I think that's what initially drew Lindsay to her was that she had a little bit of that scruff to mm-hmm. her, I'll say. And, um, but I think Lindsay looks like she, I don't mean this to be offensive, but she gives off homemaker vibes. Yeah, she does. For real, she <laughs> so gives them off. If Melanie is thinking, I want a wife and some kids, like, mm, that one right there. Yeah, she fits the bill for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that's kind of what initially attracted them. I feel like they probably met at, I don't know, I want to say maybe some like GLC thing. I'll go with that. I'll say there was some kind of mixer or whatever down at the GLC and they they met at that. I guess. Yeah, no, that's cute. That's super <laughs> cute. I love how you really get into details. Like, like mine is always going to be goofy and silly. Like, girl, I feel like, yeah, they did meet there. Like, mm-hmm. that's what they meant. They took pictures and everything, too. Yeah. They posted it on Facebook or oh, on MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Everybody, it was, it was MySpace official. Yeah. Well, let's pull everybody else in. Okay, the rest of the game. Where do you, how do you think they all came together? 
All right. Well, we already know the backstory between Michael and Brian, so right. that doesn't really yeah, work. Yeah, we got and, that. And we know Justin's too. Right. And so how he got there. Emmett came right from Mississippi. His Aunt Lula packed his bags up, sent his ass along the way, like, baby, go shine bright. Let that let that flame burn bright. So he was like, I ain't ready for New York yet. I'm just going to go ahead and make my stop in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. It's halfway there. It's closer. You know what I'm saying? I think it's less than 100 miles from Pittsburgh <laughs> to, to uh, well, Philadelphia to um, New York. So it's he was a little like, more than that, but it's well, less than 100 minutes yeah, on a flight. Less than 100 so. minutes on a flight. So there we go. So he was like, we're going to go ahead and go there. You know, I can't do the big city, big city, but I'm going to go to a city. And so he came to Pittsburgh. Emmy, you can't hold him back no matter what. Wherever he's going, wherever he's at, his light is going to be burning. And it was just, it was like seeing a little beacon. And he was sashaying down that strip. And he saw this store. He was like, I need to go into the store and get me some some fashions. I got to get my fashions together so I can be right. Because he was coming straight from the country. Right. Okay. So he had on like the Jesus sandals. His feet was all <laughs> dusty and dirty. Okay. Like it just, he just wasn't right yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he still had the, the, the energy, but he didn't have the look. So he, that's when he found Torso. So he was like, oh, I like this store. Matter of fact, I think I can work at this store. So he started working at Torso. Mm, okay? okay. And that's how he ran across Michael. Okay. okay. So he ran across Michael at Torso because Michael always wanted to be cool, but he just always missed the mark. So, you know, <laughs> uh, Emmett had to get him together a little bit. He did the best he could do. So the Michael that we got is what Emmett brought. Oh, yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? So <laughs> he did the best that he could do what he was working with. Okay. So once Michael fell in love with Emmett because, you know, Emmett had just razzle-dazzled his style up. He was like, well, you know what? Let me go ahead and introduce you to my best friend, you know, and maybe, you know, we can all become friends. But Emmett was a little bit too bright on the flame for Brian. So Brian always kept him in the side seat. Matter of fact, now you in the back seat. You know, something going to keep you in the back seat. I like where you're going with this because you're like the best homosexual that you can be. Because, you know, Brian loves yeah. when you're going to be the best homosexual yeah. <laughs> you can be. He wants you to be you. He do. So yeah. he's like, I, I, I can rock with you, but you're not my cup of tea. So we're going to keep you in the back seat. So now we have Brian, Michael, and Emmett together. Okay. So then they were going down the street and they saw somebody getting teased and bullied. And um, he didn't have any backbone. They were throwing like snowballs at him. He was trying to run, but he couldn't even run fast. It was like, it was a mess. So then Brian stopped the car and was like, listen here, punk, pick on somebody your own size. They got scared. They ran off. He saved baby Ted. Okay. And although Ted was way older than all of them. Right. Okay. But he saved his ass. And that's how we got the game. <laughs> Boom. Okay. Boom. <laughs> I love how there's always so much drama in your <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, you got to make it interesting. That's it. That's right. You do. Okay. So here's what here's what I think. I do have a question for you, though. Okay. Let me ask this question before I give my headcanon on how I think they met. Do you think that Brian and Emmett ever hooked up? Hell no. I don't either. Like, he always says, like, they always joke that he's had everybody there except for Michael. But I don't, I think that they're, they're not just counting saying Emmett that, yeah. because... They're yeah. not counting Emmett or Ted, okay? Right. Like, they're not counting him at all. That's just friends talking like, oh, you had everybody except for Michael. Yeah. No, hell no. He did not have Emmett. No, that's that's not his type. Yeah. That's not what he's going for. You know, I don't... Well, and I think... Well, because of the way that I feel like he met Emmett, I don't think he would have approached right. him like yeah, that. Right, yeah, not at all. If he had met him in a different way. Yeah, but, yeah, and we know that Ted isn't his type either. Right. Period. Like, I mean, no. These are just his friends. Like, yeah, nah. uh Yeah, okay. So here, here's what I think. I think that when Emmett got to Pittsburgh, he needed a place to go. It was just kind of like lonely, lonesome, looked like a fish out of water. Yeah. And Lady Godiva took him in oh. because, you know, those those queens yes. are always taking somebody under their wing. Mother. And so I feel like Lady Godiva took him in and showed him the strip, showed him like how to party, but was like, you need more than just a party. You need people. Yeah, you need family. And so she took him to the diner and was like, hey, this is where people come when they for a good meal and just to kind of feel at home. 
And so she introduced him to Debbie. And then Debbie was like, oh, my son, Michael, who we know comes in there every day. So (laughs) I'm pretty sure they met at the diner. And it was kind of Lady Godiva and Debbie that put the two of them together. Right. Is what I think. That's how I think Michael and Emmett met. And so I think Brian met Emmett through Michael. And Mm -hmm. that's why I feel like he wouldn't have hooked up with him. Because they were already friends at that point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then Ted. Now, if we go by the script. Brian met Ted in 99 because that's when John John died. Mm-hmm. He, he makes a reference to that. So that was like the year before we start. And he says how they met. He was dropping off his taxes or whatever. And there was some orgy party or whatever. Okay. So then I think the next time Ted saw Brian, probably at the gym or whatever, mm-hmm. he goes up to him trying to talk to him like, oh, because we're friends. And Brian's yeah. like, uh, but Michael is nice and he's not going to embarrass yeah. Ted like that. So he makes conversation with him. And then Emmett is there. So. Ted comes in through through uh, Michael and, and Emmett, Emmett, and then, you know, just kind of starts hanging out with all of them. And then, of course, we know Brian is the one who brought Lindsay in, and Lindsay would have brought Mel in. And I think Mel and Ted were like the the outsiders in that group, mm-hmm. and that's why they got so close. Exactly. And they also were like the brains. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say like, because Brian is smart too, but these people- but they, yeah. they are more like, well, we're going to be the intellectuals right, yeah. and they're going to be the, the whatever. party boys. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. Now I can see that. Girl, I'll see again. There we go. <laughs> I followed that whole, I can see it. I, I mean, like the whole picture started. Yeah. Lady Godiva, I see that. I see them going to the diner. I saw all of that. So, yeah. <laughs> well, good, good, job. good. Good. And I feel like I like to think about how they met, but it really doesn't matter because we clearly see that they weren't as close of friends. Right. Except for Brian and Michael. Right. But they weren't as close. And no. we, we got to see them really Girl. jail. Yes, yeah. we did. That's when season they one. really solidified. Exactly. It's over the seasons that we've been watching. So, it really kind of doesn't matter. True. But it is fun to think about. Yeah. True, true, true. Okay. I got another one for you. I'm going to try to be serious this time for real. <laughs> I feel like you're always serious. You're just... <laughs> Hilarious. So, um, okay. So this is a question that just came in and they were asking, who do you feel like is the moral compass of the show or who's the person who is right nine times out of 10? Girl, it's an easy question. Easy. That's going to be <laughs> Emmett for me, for sure. Emmett for the win, because I feel like Emmett always stands up for what's right. He doesn't care what consequences come from it. You know, he doesn't care if it's going to be a fight. That comes about, but he's always going to stand his ground. He's always going to make sure that he's trying to do something right, you know, moving forward in the right direction. A couple examples, even now with his job now working on the um, the news station, either he has a choice to stay silent and just be that non-threatening gay, or he can push the limits and say, fuck this job. You know, I, I got to stay true to myself. And we already saw that Emma stayed true to himself. I haven't made it to the next episode yet, so I don't know exactly what unfolds after that, but yeah. we will see. Um, moving forward, but I feel like Emmett will always stay true to himself. Um, another example, how he always stood up for, um, like when Vic was going through with the cop lying in the restroom saying Vic tried to come on to him. He basically told Vic, like, no, motherfucker, we got to stand up together and you have to fight because if you don't fight now, it's all the hard work we did in the past. It's all, you know, irrelevant. Yeah. So we have to make that, we have to do it now. We're not going to let them get away with this. You did nothing wrong. Vic was ready to throw in the towel, but Emmett was like, no, and came and told him a whole story, you know, mm-hmm. make the story up and let him know. Um, what about that time when Emmett um, fought Virginia Woolf? What's her name, Virginia Woolf? Um, Shickle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where did I get Virginia Woolf from? That is from a book, yeah, I yeah. believe. <laughs> I'm like, where did I get that from? Yes, but yes, George's wife. You know, he had to go in on her ass, let her know, like, baby, you you doing this man all wrong. I'm here to stay. He's finally living. Emmett, for sure, hands down. I mean, I have a ton of examples. Y'all know I love Emmett. That is, yeah. that is my inner me. So I could go on and on and on, but yes. 
Emmett for the win for me. I feel like that's a tricky question because it depends on how you define define moral. Because if I set a certain standard for moral and I live according to it, then I'm a moral person, even if the things that I say are moral or not what you would say are moral. So that's kind of a tricky question. I know the default for most people will probably be to say Brian because he is the one who is most true to himself all the time. I think Emmett is, but there are some times where Emmett will stray away from himself, but he always comes back to himself, which they all do. And so I think most people would say that, but Brian's not right all the time. None of them are because I can point to 10 great things that they've all done and then still point to at least five things that they've done that have not been been so great. So that was a little hard for me to come with an answer to. Um, And I kind of like how the show does the idea of morality. Like it does play in that gray area Mm -hmm. a lot. And it doesn't really make a judgment on on things all the time. Like, sometimes it does, but sometimes it, it doesn't. So, yeah, I don't know that I have an answer for right. that one. I mean, you made a good argument with that because, yes, like you said, we can pinpoint 10 different things on each character. But like I said, the reason why I chose mine, because like Emmett, he may second guess himself, but he always somehow in the end finds exactly where he needs to be. Yeah. And he grounds himself and he knows how to come back home. Uh, when I think of Brian... I think I, I mean Brian could either be a, be that choice too. Well, because we with Emmett's job, Emmett wasn't going to stand up for himself until no. Brian called him out on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so Brian does in a way. There. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Like Brian could easily be a great choice too because he makes people think he challenges others, you know, mm-hmm. and really, I mean, it's probably not the best way that to yeah. go about it the way he does it. <laughs> But he does. He sparks a fire in you. He challenges you mm-hmm. and really makes you really make you think and look outside the box. And um, he's done that several times. Um, like we said, he did it with Emmett um, in that scene there. Um, he challenges Justin always. All the time, yeah. um, he does it with Michael? Yeah, does it with Michael. I mean, so, I mean, he does it pretty much for everybody. Yeah. And then all the wonderful things he did. Like, I mean, just putting up $100,000 of his own money for mm-hmm. the campaign. If you can't say that's a moral saint right there, right. like, I mean, he doesn't even know these people. He don't owe anybody anything. He put himself in a poorhouse for that. You right. Know? Even getting Remsen to sponsor the Liberty Ride, yeah. give all that money, getting the name, the house renamed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like he does hold other people to their morals mm-hmm. a lot. You know, he's like, no, this is who you are. This is what's true for you. This is what you want in life. So he does hold them to that. Now, he does some projecting sometimes where mm-hmm. he projects what he thinks and what he believes a person should be and want onto people so you know that might be a little not quite right but he does hold people to their whatever whatever they i guess project to be true for themselves he does hold them to that so i can make a good argument for him spin question reverse on that then who has the lowest moral compass which character i think that kind of depends by the seasons in some ways it could be it could be ted and in some seasons yeah definitely it could be michael too because michael doesn't really have his own he was always searching for self-worth he is a kind when he's being kind because we know he can be not (laughs) kind but he is a kind person but he was a lot of times spent just kind of Float free floating, right. not really knowing who Michael is. True, you know he was trying to find him. So, so in one way, you could say him because he doesn't have a standard to hold himself to. Mm-hmm. But I think Ted is also a contender. Yeah, Ted. For, Ted for takes the cake for me on that one. Yeah, we love them both, but yeah. they. Yeah, if it came down to it, yeah, those would be the two that I'd have to <laughs> that I'd have to pick. Right. Okay. Um. Let's say this one came in, and I don't remember the exact wording, but I remember the gist of it. If Brian had a different childhood. Would his relationship with Debbie and Michael be the same? Oh, good question. Um, no. Um, I mean, clearly he would still be connected to him, I feel like. Like, he, he and Michael probably would still be friends. 
but I don't know the extent of their friendship if yeah. you had a different childhood. I mean, clearly you can see this boy, uh, I don't even want to call him a boy. You clearly you can see this man came from a, a toxic, toxic household from his big sister to his parents. And I'm pretty sure his grandparents are toxic. I think you um, you said something a while back or something like you're kind of brought up into that, you know, like yeah. if so, if you're coming from a toxic family, you're going to inherit some of those toxic traits, you mm-hmm. know. So I think like Joan and Jack, they inherited it, whatever they were going from coming from and they projected it onto their kids, you know. So that kind of forced um, Brian at a young age to seek out other family, which it was Debbie and Michael. Yeah. If he would have came from a loving family, somebody like a Debbie, if he had a mom and a dad that loved him like Debbie did. I don't think that the relationship would be the same. Like, I mean, they would still be connected somehow. They still would know each other. They would be friends. But as far as like them being best friends and brothers and the way Debbie can talk to him like the older son, I don't think they would be that same relationship. Yeah, I agree 100% because I don't think he would have that need for that codependent thing. Right. Like that is a, in, not always, but you learn that kind of behavior or that can be inherited, like you said. And that was definitely what was happening with his parents. And so he needed... He always felt abandoned or rejected by his own family. And so mm-hmm. he needed somebody that was going to be there all the time and that he could, okay, here's the thing that I can lord over them to make them stay with me with Michael. He knew Michael was attracted to him, that Michael mm-hmm. liked him. And also Michael needed a friend. And so he used those things, sometimes in good ways, sometimes in bad, to keep Michael with him. And he wouldn't have had that much of a need for that um, if he didn't grow up in that household. I think that, yeah, they would have still been some degree of friends, but it wouldn't be anything like what we what what we see mm-hmm. from them. Here is one going all the way back to season one. Oh, Lord. Uh, the ride back from New York after they went to pick up Justin. And so this is like all the gang, <laughs> the season one gang. After they went to pick up Justin, the ride back, how do you think that was? I think he asked, the question specifically asked about what was it like in the car? Who said where? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, well, we still know Michael was going to be in the front seat for sure. Justin was in the middle. <laughs> Because uh, he's he's the youngest, he was in the middle in the middle seat, and then you have Emmett, be, you have Ted behind um, Brian and um, Emmett behind Michael, and um, it was a quiet um, car ride, like it was silence. Everybody was try- um, so Emmett had to try to um, break up the silence and make little jokes, but I mean they really weren't landing. Justin was still irritated. I mean I think Justin was on a high because Brian actually yeah. came and got him. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Justin was on a high, but Brian was not. Brian still wasn't having it. Like. You took my credit card. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to leave and come all the way to um, New York to get your little ass. Yes, I love you. Well, I care for you, but I am not talking to you. So Brian is playing parent right now and giving giving Justin the cold shoulder and the silent treatment while Justin has a little smirk in the middle like, yeah, he came and got me. <laughs> my baby loved me. I, I knew it. I knew if I ran away, he was going to come and get me. Um, um, Plan worked, okay, 100%. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was... One of those quiet trips back. The music wasn't even on, like, so at all. Yeah. I feel like Michael was driving because Brian had driven the whole way through, you know, mm-hmm. the whole way up there. So I feel like Michael was driving. And then I feel like I'm going to put Ted in the passenger seat to navigate for Michael. And then I'm going to put Justin in the middle, like you said, and Emmett on one side and Brian on the other. And I think the whole way Emmett is like looking over at Brian and Justin because they're they have their hands between the two of them. So they're not like really holding hands, but right. they're like kinda holding hands. Uh. And then I think Brian is like napping on Justin's shoulder or they're taking turns, Justin's napping on Brian's shoulder. And so Emmett is just kind of clocking all of this happening. <laughs> now Michael in the front seat, because remember on the way, this is when Dr. David is in the picture, Dr. Mm-hmm. David Cameron's in the picture. So 
on the way there, Brian is trying to lure his friend back to him in the only way that he thinks he can. So he's like making out with them on the side of the road. Right. So I feel like Michael's a little conflicted with all of this because it's like, okay, yeah, I got I got David at home, but I had this little moment with Brian, but here's Brian in the back seat with this young kid. And so I feel like Michael's very conflicted with yeah. this thing. <laughs> so maybe the driving is good for him. It kind of distracts his mind a little bit. Ted is just oblivious, but Emmett <laughs> knows all of what's going on. So that's kind of how I think that that ride went. And maybe that's why Emmett is always like, your boyfriend or yeah, your boyfriend, not boyfriend. Yeah, because he sees those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those little subtle moments yeah. when Brian's not putting on a show, when he's not on the avenue, mm-hmm. not at Babylon, trying to be, you know, the stud Brian Kenny. He sees, he's seen them in those quieter yeah, those, moments. Yeah, those yeah. vulnerable moments. Okay, yeah, good one. Good yeah, one, good I like one. both of those, though. I like what you said, too. All right, so we got some more Zodiac sign Ooh. requests for you. Yeah. Y'all, just so you know, I was only off by a day on our last one, okay? <laughs> yeah. It, it, he was a Gemini Cancer cusp, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, I'm, I was right, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that one. I'll okay. give you credit for that one. And I can't take part in these because, again, I don't know. So I'm going to give you Melanie and then Ted. Okay, for sure. Uh, Melanie, she's strong, okay? She's stubborn. She, I'm gonna get, I mean, I don't know the exact, but she's going to be... Either a Leo, let me see. She's good with money. Let me see. Well, she just okay. I, I'm gonna give three signs. I'm gonna okay. give three. Okay, she's either a Capricorn. Okay, because they're good with money. They work hard. They always planning for something. Boom, and that's what she does. I mean, she has her whole life planned out, career, everything. She even was having a baby before she even told her wife she was having a baby. Okay, <laughs> like so. Yeah. I mean, boom, that's that. And then she's stubborn and hard headed, so that could easily be a Taurus or a Leo. Okay. So those are the three I'm going to give her. So Melanie, either a Taurus, a Leo, or a Capricorn. If I have to narrow that down, I'm just going to go with Leo. Yeah, I'm going to go because she's, she's a standalone. She's an alpha. She's very strong. She's stubborn also. And Leos are still good with money. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's what she is. She's a Leo. Boom. Ted, he's like always trying to balance the scales. He's always trying to, you know, get even or just make it up to the level, even everybody out. He's a Libra. Zero questions asked. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have to look those up when we're done. Yeah, but you're probably right. Yeah. So those are our head cannons for today. Um, yeah. That was fun. We just wanted to give y'all a little taste so we could get into some other absolutely, stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And guys, keep those coming. We love that. So, I mean, get difficult with them, too. I like yeah. to dig deep into them. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely keep the head cannon questions coming or any type of question. Anything. Any, yeah. Anything, guys. We do this for y'all and our mutual love and passion for this show and our characters. Okay. So, um, yeah, definitely send more and more and more and more. All right, so um, I'm going to let you take over with our first little announcement. Yes, y'all. We told y'all to stay tuned because we had a couple of announcements. Well, as you guys already know, we are in Season 5, and we're halfway through Season 5, so there's only a few more episodes left. Um, But just because Queer's Folk, um, the American version, is ending does not mean that Liberty Diner Dish is ending. So we are gearing up for our next edition to our podcast. So it's going to be Liberty Diner Dish presents the Pink Plate Special. It's a way that we still can incorporate our love for queer as folk and also where we can still talk on, you know, the queer topics uh, and things of that nature, whether it's going to be books and movies or shows. But we still want to keep this conversation open and still keep this conversation going. We wanted to create something that's going to be separate from our our boys, you know, the queer as folk. Um, so we want to create the pink plate special because Liberty Down a Dish is solely focused just for our babies. OK, like yeah. we all yeah. love them to death. So we didn't want to muddy up any of those waters. 
And um, so the Pink Plate Special is where you're going to find us. Like we said, we're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about books. We may talk about different shows. And you know we're definitely going to cover the new Queers Focus well. But that's going to be on the Pink Plate Special. We did not, like I said, we want to keep our boys separate. And we're going to keep coming back to that, doing headcanning questions, doing show reviews back over that again, starting from day one, back to where we are yeah, now. we got more interviews. Yeah, more interviews. So, I mean, it's never going away at all. But we also want to create a separate entity as well, where we can continue this conversation going forward. That was really important to both of us because we feel like we don't want to be in the world where we're comparing the old version, the brutish version, mm-hmm. and the new version. That's just kind of like not our style. Right. But we want to be able to comment on all three of those. And so, of course, Queers Folk, the original U- U.S. version, has a very special place in our heart. So that's why it's always going to be on Liberty Diner Dish. Yes. Like solely over there. <laughs> yes. Everything else is going to be on Pink Plate Special. And there are so many shows and movies that I can't wait to get to. And everything that we do over there is going to be in the LGBTQIA plus realm. So that's going to be, um, I guess, kind of like an overall theme over yeah, there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, make sure We you... never want to lose that. That's important never. to us. And we want to continue to comment on on queer art. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we still got to get these stories out here and told. We're still fighting this fight. Yeah. You know, like it's until it's completely equal and no one's giving any side eyes, we're going to keep pushing. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Our opinions, we're going to keep, you know what I'm saying, telling these stories. And that's what we're here for, to get, you know, awareness out and to tell these stories, these queer stories and show how wonderful everyone is, you know? So um, we're definitely going to be doing that. So be sending us a list of shows and movies and all that kind of stuff that we can, that we should check out so that we can comment on it. And Nicole, yes, girl, before you even get in my inbox, (laughs) I have your list. Okay. I have the list. We will be going down the list and, you know, just choosing different things. I can't say we're going to do everything off the list, but you know, you had some great recommendations on it for sure. So, Yes, guys. So everyone send in your recommendations or your things that you would like us to cover. We're looking for ideas for yeah. sure. And we have not watched the new Queers Folk yet. I just don't want to like muddy my mind or muddy mm-hmm. the waters. And so I need to finish what we're doing right now and then do some other stuff and then watch the new one. We are very excited about the new one and the diversity that it brings. But no, we have not. We have not watched it yet. We are going to. But we have not watched it yet. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what my heart is. My heart is on the U.S. <laughs> queer as folk, the original. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So that's we're just going to like draw a hard line in between yes. the two shows. It is not a comparison. So that, yeah. So that way we can love them both, but we can still keep, you know, our babies where we keep our babies. Yes. And then we can put the new stuff and different stuff where we where we put that. So I'm very excited about the Pink Plate special. Yes, And me I can't too. wait for that. So y'all stay tuned. Um, yes, I'm so excited for all the movie nights we're going to get to have. Girl, yes. Uh, it's going to be so much fun. Okay. The charcuterie and the wine. Yes. I cannot wait. Girl, I wait. Okay, don't say charcuterie. Oh, my God. You know you're speaking my language, okay? <laughs> yeah. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Okay, so then the next announcement. Y'all know I'm the reader in this relationship. Yes. Now, Ken loves stories. So I tell him about what I'm reading yes. <laughs> or writing, and he loves stories. So we are collaborating with... um some really cool people on a project called Mahogany Mail, and that will be a book box subscription. And there'll be more details coming about that very soon. I guess the main thing that we wanted to do with that, okay, so this is kind of a, what I saw was I started reading pretty much exclusively queer stories about Mm -hmm. two years ago. And it was one of our listeners who suggested a book to me. And so I read it and then I just kind of kept reading in that genre. And what I saw when I was looking on my shelf was that most of my queer stories were written by straight women. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, straight women can write for queer characters, sure. But I felt like 
for me, for some personal reasons, I had to check myself on that and just be like, why don't you have any queer authors mm-hmm. writing these queer stories? <laughs> you know? Yeah, for that, real. Yeah. Someone who's walking their life. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, it's fine for to get somebody else's book on this subject, but is there a reason you don't have more queer authors on your shelf? And it was really just, I hadn't had any exposure to them. I didn't do the work to go find them. So that's what Mahogany Mail is doing. We're doing the work to go and find them. So it may not be exclusive to queer writers or to own voices, but we're going to place a lot of emphasis on that. So we know that we have MM Romance lovers, but we want to stretch our audience to read um, trans stories and read sapphic stories. And inclusive to all. Yeah. We just want to give a voice to all of our queer Yes, um, to everything queer that's members. under yes. that umbrella. We want to be exposing people to that. And then we're working with vendors who are queer own businesses or people who are who are allies and like legit allies mm-hmm. not that they hang their flag in june and then we never hear from them <laughs> again <laughs> but people who are real allies and um yeah so there are gonna be more details coming on that it's gonna be for a more adult audience <laughs> <laughs> but it's super cool but guys super cool i mean we'll feature some ya stories and, and new adult stories and junk like that but um yeah so yeah. all right guys so y'all heard it first okay the pink plate special is gonna be the new podcast edition and then we also have the mahogany mail which is going to be the book subscription okay so yeah y'all stay tuned because we have some big things in the works for you guys we are moving and shaking yeah we are moving (laughs) and shaking you know it's my phrase right there okay Uh, for sure for sure well again guys like i said please send in any questions or um, that you guys have for us because we love to answer them we love to play games with you guys we just love to get to know you guys a lot we love to take time to do things like this where you guys Mm -hmm. get to just see more of who we are more where our heads at more of our personalities and things like that true and we couldn't do this without you guys i mean we are the community all right so yeah you guys are greatly appreciated for sure greatly appreciated well guys i think this wraps up our bonus episode Alrighty, so until next time guys we love you and we are out of here bye bye